I'm here with uh, Lewis from the Marshall Way. Uh, Lewis, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself for us and uh, tell us a, a little bit about yourself. So, um, my name is Lewis. I'm from London, England, now living in Yamanashi, Japan. I, can, I actually have a, the most beautiful view of Fujisan right outside my window. Oh, man. I, bet, I bet that's fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Opening the curtains for that every morning. Oh, so good. Great. Great. Where do you live? I live in Tochigi. Okay. Uh, yeah, up in okay. Uh, uh, Utsunomiya. So it's a North Kanto area. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, so not, not too far. No, no. It's about. Uh, about a, a hundred kilometers north of Tokyo or so. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so a hundred, that, that's like still inside Tokyo. <laughs> so big. I, I mean, yeah. So <laughs> actually it's, it's funny. Uh, the city I live in, Utsunomiya, is the, is in kind of the central part of Tochigi. Um, mm. And the southern part of Tochigi prefecture is considered part of greater Tokyo. Like, uh, ah, yeah, so see, it's, okay, yeah, okay. but it's, it's still quite far from, from Tokyo, mm -hmm. you know, if you drive, it takes, you know, about two, two hours or so to drive there. Um, take the train, it's about uh, rapid trains about an hour and a half and Shinkansen 45 minutes. So <laughs> it's yeah. not too Some people not too bad, commute, you know? commute for an hour and a half. So that's, they do, you know, yeah. they do. So, so you're from London and um, mm. what brought you to Japan, like how long have you been here and uh, what, what brought you to Japan in the first place? Yeah, well, um, <clears throat> so um, to give you a quick life story, <laughs> right. um, I, I began practicing martial arts. Well, I, well, I did karate when I was a child mm. and then I started practicing Muay Thai when I was 21. And that's where my whole adult life really started from practicing uh, Muay Thai. I joined the army. I became a personal trainer. I began working in security. Um, and um, I always wanted to come to Japan. Um, okay. I've always been interested in Japanese culture. You know, I was a kid watching anime, playing video games, all that good stuff. Right. And then uh, grew up a little bit and I started really getting into cars. I love Japanese cars. I had a Honda Civic, uh, a Nissan Silvia. Um, so I've always been interested in Japanese culture and it's always somewhere I wanted to visit. And then when I was 25, 26, I, I came here on holiday. And um, yeah, I really, I really felt like I could live there, right. you know, and uh, I've never felt that about anywhere else. But actually, <clears throat> after I went back to England, um, after coming here on holiday, that um, a year or, or so later, unrelated is kind of when I started practicing meditation and um, doing a lot of research about Buddhism, Zen, the Tao, Stoicism, philosophy. Right. Um, and, and actually now coming, living here in Japan, um, yeah, like that meditation and, and staying at temples is one of my main reasons to actually stay here. Right. I saw in, another, in an interview with somebody else, you asked, you asked, um, what was your reason to come to Japan and why do you stay, continue to stay here? Right. And that's a really key thing is because is those two things are often different. Right. That's, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, um, what attracted you here and what's now what's keeping you here is, is that. So um, it's very interesting. So um, you came here on holiday in 
you said you were 25, 26? Yes. Oh. Yeah, I'm now 31. Okay. So, so you've been in Japan. Um, well, uh, you know, for, for many people, it, they would say you've been here quite a long time. But uh, Well, no, I've been living here almost three years now. Okay. Okay. So have you... Have you always been in Yamanashi uh, Prefecture? Uh, is that where your wife's from or? Yes, yeah. my wife's from here. Um, mm -hmm. Originally, I was, uh, the first year I was living in Tokyo, right. in uh, Shibamata. Okay. You know, uh, Toro-san? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's his hometown. And um, yeah, Shibamata, I, I really loved living there. Really, really, really nice. Um, really kind of like, it's inside tokyo but it's still like really quite traditional mm -hmm. shibui sort of area right. and um and yeah i loved living there it was really really great but thank god i escaped when i did <laughs> like, <laughs> before this whole oh, corona yeah. situation here i feel like i dodged a bullet big time there so uh yeah right. I, I love living here in in uh in yamanashi i have so fujisan is down there to the south to the north, I have Arukurayama right outside. So I've got so much nature here. We've yeah. got deer, bears, um, um, Inoshishi. Mm -hmm. um, the wild boars, um, right? Yeah. Wild boar, that's it, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, snakes, monkeys, big, huge birds of prey flying around. So much nature. I, yeah. I love it here. Yeah, yeah. So um, it seems seems like you found your element of Japan. So. Um, you know, I discussed this with um, a few few other guests too. Is uh, there's really two Japans? You know, there's the the big city life, Tokyo, all the lights. You know, the 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 energy that comes with that, and of course, you know, the countryside. And, and it's mm. two both are very much Japan, but two completely mm. different worlds in in and of themselves. 100%. You know, yeah. Do you yeah. do you do a lot of uh, uh, hiking where you're at? Uh, are, Absolutely, are you, are you, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I really like getting up into the mountains here. Um, there's a lot of really good routes. I've got a good, really good app on my phone, uh, Yamareko, which okay. shows mm -hmm. all the good routes and everything. So yeah, I love, love getting out into the mountains. Yeah. It's funny, you should, you said that um, when I was living in Tokyo, I, I went to Sojiji, which mm -hmm. is the, the second um main soto zen temple it's okay. kind of down in in yokohama and uh i went there in the morning for a zazen session so in the morning i went down there huge temple huge huge temple really really beautiful and i'm sitting there and i'm meditating in the temple and i can just hear some drums in the distance the sound of the birds it's just so peaceful just w surrounded by just natural wood really really beautiful and then about three hours later yeah. i was in akihabara oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like complete opposite side like you go from that peaceful zen environment to like akihabara you yeah. know like everything that's not zen yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and but like you said they are both japan you know right Right, and that's that's what's um, a very unique feature I, I think about um, this uh, about Japan in, in and of itself is uh, of course every every nation has its cities and countryside, but um, they're very very distinct um, here, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, you can 
I, I mean, even just here, Utsunomiya is not a large city by any means. It looks like a city though when you're in it, but you can, you, I mean, it's, um, you can seriously just drive maybe five minutes out of the city and you're in the countryside, you know? So it's, um, mm. it's a very stark uh, contrast just um, in a short distance, uh, especially um, uh, here, you know, ma many people in Tokyo consider Utsunomiya, the city, as countryside, even though it's, you know, <laughs> you know, half a million people live here, you know, but it's, um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's still um, quite small compared to, to other cities here. So um, <clears throat> now before the uh, the current travel situation, um, uh, where, whereabouts, where, where else in Japan have you have you been to? Um, well, when I first came to Japan, just a couple of weeks after I arrived, I went mm. down to Kyoto mm -hmm. and I stayed at just outside Kyoto in um, Kamioka. Mm -hmm. I stayed at a Rinzai Zen monastery for a week. Um, that was really out in the countryside. I had to get the, a bus to Kyoto, a train to this other town, a bus to the edge of town and then walk to the temple. So way out in the countryside yeah. um so that was really good um um uh where else have i been not not really a lot of places mainly just around tokyo um i like to go on like these kind of day trips or like two day trips you know right. Hakone, places like that kamakura mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um a i went to aheiji which is the head soto zen temple that's in fukui um i was supposed to go to just at the end of last year i was supposed to go to uh, osaka but okay. that all got cancelled um, by the government, right. um, <clears throat> so I was very disappointed by that. But uh, yes, yeah, so I've not I've I've not been up to Hokkaido, down to Osaka. I've not done any of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, to, to be honest, uh, as long as I've lived here, I've I've only travelled within Honshu, the the main island. Okay. Yeah, I haven't been to Kyushu or Hokkaido or Okinawa or, or anything like that yet. So, um, mm. it's it's definitely um, on my list. Um, you know, um, whenever we can, you know, freely uh, travel as easily as, as before. Um, mm. uh, it's it's funny, you don't realize what, you know, it's, uh, you don't really realize what you have until they take it away from you, you know, um, just, I, but uh, as I said, you know, in a previous uh, show, to be fair, though, I mean, Japan, in terms of freedom of movement, Japan is still quite, um, relaxed compared to a lot of other countries Absolutely. Uh, so it's it's not like we're imprisoned in our homes like some countries are no no well that's the <laughs> thing i'm seeing on the news now in england oh my god i don't want to talk about coronavirus too much but yeah, yeah but in yeah. in england um oh my god people are getting fined for like sitting on a park bench you know it's like it's a police state it's insane but here in japan it's just like you know the government's like Here's the recommendations. Please stay at home. Yeah. <laughs> it's in really, it's entirely up to you. Um, so yeah, well, you know, so I, I couldn't go to Osaka because they canceled the uh, the go to travel campaign. I see. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, you know, now's a really good time for domestic travel. You know, um, there's not all the the Chinese tourists coming over. It's mm. just it's just yeah, uh, everywhere's a lot quieter. So now is a really really good time for that. Right. Uh, last year, um, right, right before, or right when the situation was starting to, uh, to change here, um, the, I think Japan had already closed, was starting to close down 
international travel. So, uh, but I, I took a trip over to Kanazawa in um, uh, Ishikawa Prefecture, and the all the hospitality, all the hotels and everything were were much cheaper, and mm. no, like you said, there were no uh, foreign tourists around. So it was it's actually really nice just to kind of be able to breathe and kind of you know um, walk around without the hustle and bustle of a lot of tourists, you know, and, and, and it was very affordable. Um, Shinkansen prices were still high. Um, um, yeah, but, they don't really change. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I was able to go to Kyoto last summer mm. and it was, I'd been before, but this was the first time I'd been to Kyoto and there was just nobody around. It was some, mm. some, some even some of the popular spots were completely empty. There were no other people there. And it was, it was, it was, it was kind of shocking, but it was nice. It was very tranquil, you know, for, for Kyoto, mm. it was, it was, it, I felt like it, uh, it fit better, you know, the, the tranquility. Uh, mm. Absolutely. When I went to Kyoto, um, <clears throat> because I was staying at the temple and at the temple, we wake up at like four thirty every day. Mm -hmm. um, so I was in that, the routine and the habit of getting up really early. Um, so I got up, I was just in Kyoto for a couple of days before going to the temple, but I got up really early and I got like the first train to Fushimianari, you know, all the torii mm -hmm. gates. Mm -hmm. And I got there and it was completely empty, totally empty. I have some of the most beautiful photos on my phone because it's just, it's, there's no one there. There's no I saw there. maybe like three other tourists and five Japanese people running. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, it was no one there. And it was so beautiful walking up the mountain, the silence, I could hear the sound of the stream, the birds, it was just so beautiful, so peaceful. It was really, really fantastic. But I've seen pictures of other people who've been there during the day. Mm. And it's like, Disneyland, you know, it's it, there's just queues of people to take it. Apparently, yeah, lit, literal queues where someone stops to take a selfie and everybody has to stop walking. And it's oh god, mm. horrible. So, um, so yeah, now such a fantastic time to experience those places. Right, right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's um, it's it's definitely um, a better experience when when you don't you know have too many crowds around. Um, just to it, you go back just a little bit to what you're saying about uh, the UK and, and how vastly different that is. I, I, I heard a funny story. There was a guy in Scotland, I believe, who uh, he, he lived in Scotland, but his girlfriend lives on the Isle of Man. And mm. he was so, uh, I guess, uh, love struck that he wanted to see her. This. So he, he breaks the lockdown rules buys a jet ski and tries to jet ski <laughs> over to the Isle of Man thinking, oh, it's only uh, going to take him 45 minutes. The uh, the waves knock out his GPS. He gets lost. Oh, I didn't hear that. Uh, he's lost at sea <clears throat> and he doesn't know where he's going. And in, oh, in after four hours, he thinks, oh, I'm, I'm going to die out here, you know? And, but uh, luckily he makes it to the Isle of Man after four hours of jet skiing around the ocean and uh he he gets to see his girlfriend uh and then he's promptly arrested and put in prison <laughs> for four weeks for breaking lockdown rules but he says it was worth yeah. it yeah so. 
It's just uh, a... I didn't hear that he, he lost the GPS. I, I did hear about him jet skiing over, though. That's yeah, funny. yeah. No, the, like about 30 minutes in, a wave knocked out his GPS, and he just started going in circles pretty much after that. So wow. it's a, that, that had probably was a bit scary for him, I, I'd, I'd imagine. But, um, yeah, you know, people do strange things for love, you know, <laughs> uh, passions. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, kind of uh, going back to what you said. So initially you got into martial arts, right? And you said karate and then Muay Thai. So um, uh, how, how, uh, how advanced did you get in karate? And then why did you choose Muay Thai after that? Yeah. Well, um, so in karate, I, I was young. I was really young when I was practicing that. Um, I, I, I was a good student. I, I did really well. I got a couple of little trophies and um, I was doing really well. I stopped practicing it because um, uh, there wasn't enough sparring as I wanted. Okay. Um, and I kind of regret uh, stopping, but no, anyway, a long time ago. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> but then, so when I was 21, I really wanted to practice something again. Mm -hmm. And I just went online and I did research of what was available in my area. And this was when, you know, the, like the UFC was becoming huge. And because of kind of through mixed martial arts, a lot of people were talking about Muay Thai, Brazilian mm -hmm. Jiu Jitsu. So I kind of knew a, a little bit about Muay Thai. Um, um, so I found this Muay Thai gym and um, yeah. And then the rest is history, really. That, that all goes on from there. And, um, you know, I, I started, I started, um, I was training at my gym and then mm -hmm. I became kind of like an assistant instructor okay. at my gym. Um, and then eventually, um, you know, I, I was kind of teaching like, outside of the gym. I was kind of teaching my friends and I was kind of like, I'm pretty good at this. Right. Why don't I do this for a living? <laughs> so then I yeah. became a personal trainer yeah yeah so that that's how i was gonna ask how you became a, a personal trainer and is that what you do now mm. as well in uh, here in yes. japan yeah mm. so yeah, yeah. um that's interesting how uh i mean obviously there's um there's different uh visas and whatnot but um did you come to japan uh you said on holiday but with the with the outset of starting a like a personal training uh, business here or, or uh, be, just being a personal trainer here yeah so um so i came here on holiday and, yeah. and then i went back to england and i actually moved up to manchester for three years and then toward the end of that time i was living there with a couple of friends who were amazing time uh toward the end of that i was i was 29 and well, I was like 28, turning just turning to 29, and I thought, okay, well, how am I going to go to to Japan? I don't, I didn't go to university. I don't have a bachelor's degree, so the whole kind of jet program wasn't mm -hmm. really an option for me. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't like teaching young yeah. kids anyway. Yeah. All of my students are adults. Um, so uh, so yeah, so so until you're 30, you can get the uh, working holiday visa. Okay. So I really, it was like, okay, well, if I'm going to go, now's the time. So yeah, I sold my car. I, um, I, I got myself a working holiday visa and I came over here. I literally, I booked a one-way flight. I came here and um, I, I had no home in England because my parents, well, 
my sister lives in Canada and okay. she's married to a Canadian. She's got kids and my parents moved over there. I see. So in England, it was literally, I put the, the rest of my stuff I put in storage and uh, I had three bags and a, and a laptop and I came to Japan and it was like, right, let's, let's do go. It. <laughs> you let's know? do it, yeah. Yeah, let, let's, you know, I figured like Tokyo, 30 million plus people, you know, I've got skills, experience, qualifications, you know, like if you are a motivated, resourceful individual, you can make it work. Right. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And um, so how um, just uh, going off of that, um, how difficult was it uh, getting uh, clients? I mean, I'm sure Tokyo, there's probably, you know, un untapped numbers of, of people looking for um, any sort of martial arts training doesn't matter what it is you know um what was it was it uh, difficult to in in the offset to try and build a clientele or um we just hit the ground running and, and just went from there um at first it's always a little bit tricky to get started because mm -hmm. you know you're kind of like an unknown quantity and, and like word of mouth and things like that are really big um so yeah it's always a little bit tricky at the start but for me you know um uh so as as a personal trainer anywhere in the world any personal trainer you kind of need to have like um like a niche or like some i don't want to say gimmick mm. but something you know you don't just want to be like a blank slate personal trainer you know right. so at, at my gym you know you'll have like okay that guy is a really good physiotherapist mm. or this person's really good with nutrition or or she is a, a a gymnastic instructor or you've got some edge so for me it's um martial arts my military experience my uh, my powerlifting experience mm. but here in japan i'm english and i right. speak english yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so so for for people here in japan it's kind of like a two for one is mm -hmm. that they get that personal trainer and an English teacher right. at the same time. Okay. So that's a really big feature. Um, um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's tricky, you know, cause it's, you know, that's a restriction cause my Japanese is uh, not great. Mm. So, you know, that, that's obviously that restricts me from a lot of, a lot of clients, but also the fact that I am English makes me more attractive in a lot of ways. So right. it's, it's, you know, it's hit and miss. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like like you said, your um, uh, gimmick or your your hook, I guess, is um, mm. kind of mm. by default just just being English, you know. So <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so you've been in Japan going on about three years now, right? Uh, what's been the most uh, challenging thing you've you faced living here instead of just being here on on vacation? Hmm. Well, <clears throat> so so I spent a year in Tokyo, and um, you know, in that time. You know, I came here, I, I had no job, I didn't know anyone, you know, I had nothing, you know. So over that year, I spent that time, you know, building contacts, uh, friends, work relationships, you know, getting to know people. So I spent that time building up. But then when I moved to Yamanashi, it was really just like, cool, throw all that away and start again start again you know? yeah. Mm. yeah literally coming here you know and yamanashi here fujiyoshida it doesn't have the same 
train networking as, as Tokyo, traveling around isn't so easy. So when I came here to Yamanashi, it really, it felt, I felt quite isolated. You know, mm. when I see people talking about like, oh, coronavirus, oh, I'm stuck inside for three weeks, like three weeks, try like four months when I, you know, yeah. you know, I, I came here, I didn't know anyone. And, and up here outside of Tokyo, it's obviously much less international, mm-hmm. much less people speak English. Um, so, so yeah, it's when I, it was really difficult when I came here to, and, and, and the same happened when I moved up to Manchester, you know, I, I, I started again, my whole career and all of that. So I started again, when I went to Manchester, I started again, when I went to Tokyo, I started again, when I came to Yamanashi. So that kind of reset again and again was really, really challenging. And then, um, about six months after I came to, to Yamanashi, the whole coronavirus situation started. Mm. Last year, 2020, I was planning on traveling back to England. You know, I've not seen my parents for three years, my friends, you know, just being in, in that environment, in right. home, mm. uh, where's home now. Um, so that, that's the biggest challenge. The biggest challenge, yeah, coming here to Yamanashi, starting again, and just not being able to travel back home. Mm. Um, this year it'll be three years that I've been in Japan without having been back to England. Right. And, you know, I'd really just like a couple of weeks, you know, time off, see my parents, you know, familiar environment, just kind of, you know, relax in that way. Right, right, yeah. Um, I agree, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I was lucky enough to be able to travel back to the US uh, for my friend's wedding in October of 2019, but um, just before. Yeah, just right before. And then uh, I, had, I had plans to, to travel uh, to America last year, but obviously those got uh, canceled. So who knows? Um, I, uh, I actually, I, I enjoy traveling within Asia as well, like uh, mm. you know, Southeast Asia. And, um, um, you know, I had plans to go to Taiwan and Vietnam and, you know, Singapore, all these places, but Right now, that's on hold. So um, we'll we'll see how the the, the following year happens. So um, yeah. So for you, it was sort of just the transitioning from you know starting over and you know moving to Japan and starting anew, and then um, like you said, scrapping all that and going to to Yamanashi and starting up over yet again. But uh, it seems now, though, I mean, you've you've kind of found a nice um, nice uh flow going if if that's uh that's the right word mm. to put it you know so um are you do you f- find yourself happier where you're at now instead of like let's say tokyo or whatever yeah so um so well, for the when i when i was looking at moving to, from tokyo to yamanashi i would have liked to have stayed in tokyo a little bit longer mm-hmm. um um, you know, it's, it's an amazing city and, and the convenience I really enjoyed every day. I was traveling around on the trains, visiting places, going places, really nice. But, um, to be honest, outside of work, I felt like I wasn't really using Tokyo, you know, mm. outside of work. What do I do outside of work? I read, I meditate, I run, I train, you know, I study these things don't require me to live in Tokyo, you know, I'm not, I'm not going clubbing, I'm not shopping, I'm, you know, Mm. it's, it's convenient living in Tokyo, having restaurants and everything, but I'm just not using it. 
right you know um <clears throat> so coming out here to to the mountains to yamanashi yeah it's great like when i run every day i literally i run up into the mountains it's um, unbelievable yeah. um That's the great. fresh air every day so so yeah um you know there are some things i miss about tokyo but but yeah I, i'm much happier living living out here outside the city and um and now so 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 it's january 2021 this time last year i i i really i really wanted to go back to england i mm. was really like you know i i need this break i i need to see, i want to see my parents i need this time off and and i was that was kind of the primary goal in my mind mm. um that didn't happen um but over the last year with my with my twitter my podcast um with work here in the area um with my study i really i kind of i kind of let go of that yep. and i really just focused on myself on on my training on my work on my study i got my head down and um and yeah now and um like at the end of 2019 i i didn't have any kind of work or friends in the area or anything like that but now i am established here in yamanashi and now mm. i am busy every day so um so yeah now I, i'm a lot more comfortable now i'm a lot yeah, a lot happier and, and i would love to go back to england but i'm busy i'm, yep. I'm working i'm really being productive no, that's good that's good so um you when you've you visited these um uh these these temples right um mm -hmm. what was your first experience like uh with that and can you kind of go through what what uh what a typical day is when you stay at uh one of these one of these temples because that's always yeah. fascinating I've, I've heard of people doing it and i've always thought oh that sounds nice and then some of them they say oh but they can be quite strict here they're like mm, maybe not you know so um <laughs> how's your experience been with that you know yeah well the strictness um so to give you a, a funny story when i went to uh Aheji, um i was actually a little bit surprised because i, I thought it was going to be more strict but maybe I didn't think it was strict because I was just, I was doing everything I was supposed to. Um, but um, <laughs> in the group of people that were there when I was there, there were two people from Belgium, I think they were from, and the the they were they were married couple. Okay, the wife she meditated. She she was very experienced with meditation. She really had a you know practice and interest. The husband zero experience never done it before and from what i could tell uh he didn't really have any big interest he was just there because of his wife really right and um oh man um yeah he hated it <laughs> <laughs> he had a terrible time because we were we were meditating like five hours a day you know and if you have you know no no experience no interest that oh my god it must have been like torture for him mm. absolute torture he right. hated it and he was like oh god he struggled so much yeah it was kind of funny yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was funny for the rest of us not funny for him he must yeah. have hated it yeah um but yeah so like so um so a regular day you got an early start um you get up before you get up before 5 a.m so so at 5 a.m 
You, you sh um, the, the head monk will come into the Zazendo, the, the building for, for meditating. Mm -hmm. He will come in, and at that time, you should already be there meditating. So, so we would start at like five minutes before 5 a.m. So you, you get up at like 4.30, 4.45, um, and you do whatever. You go to the, go to the temple, you meditate. Uh, you have a short meditate in the morning, then you go for morning service, uh, you recite sutras, um, and maybe some kind of announcements or something. Uh, then you do cleaning. So while breakfast is being cooked, you're doing cleaning, and then maybe a little bit more meditation, and then you have breakfast, and then more meditation. <laughs> and then um, throughout the day, you'll have kind of maybe some jobs or some cleaning or more meditation. And then um, lunch, dinner, and um, yeah, you just have your on and off. You're kind of you're you're meditating, you're eating, you're cleaning, you're doing some work around the temple, um, having a bath in the evening. So, so yeah, it's all it's all it's um, it is kind of rigid, mm. you know, uh, timetable and. In meditation, yeah, there was one time near the start when um, that, that guy from Belgium, he was like looking around and in the complete silence, the head monk was like, don't look around, <laughs> like this loud, loud, huge, booming voice in the Boom silence. Yeah. It yeah. was so funny. Um, so, yeah, they, they are strict, but, um, but they're strict because they're trying to help you. They're trying to teach right. you. Right. You know, discipline is best discipline is an internal feature it's my ability to to, to make myself do something but mm. discipline is best instilled by someone else right yeah because mm. it's easier for someone else to punish you than it is for you to punish yourself very yeah. true yeah yeah so so in the military in the temple yeah. in martial arts they're punishing you because they're trying to teach you they're trying mm. to help you they're trying to make you grow so um so yeah, yeah, I love it. Did, do you find it was easier for you to be accustomed to that because you'd been in the military? Because you'd, you'd already learned Probably. a bit of discipline already at that point, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would imagine so, you know, from my experience, military martial arts, you know, um, maybe that's, that's why Zen appeals to me so much, you know, within Buddhism, there's so many different forms of Buddhism. Um, mm. And Zen is definitely a more like <laughs> like uh, disciplined kind of you know unforgiving uh, um, kind of practice in a, mm. in a way mm. um, you know with its relation to Bushido and the samurai um, that's why they loved it so much because um, it really tied in with their kind of military lifestyle so yeah you're absolutely right you know um, for me you know. Um, when we were kind of walking around the temple or, you know, I would almost be like, like if we were, if we were gathering somewhere before moving to another area, mm -hmm. I would be stood there like at attention, you know? So yeah, that, that kind of lifestyle um, is perfectly fine for me. I, you know, I love it. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. It's um, yeah. From every, everyone I've talked to that has done something like that, they say, um, you know, that they've had varying degrees of, of, uh, of stories, but they've all, said it was a very beneficial um experience mm. you know and uh I, I believe there's actually um a temple here that you can do something um like that i'll, I'll have to 
do more research now because uh, mm. uh, my my <clears throat> my interest has been peaked a, a little bit. So um, okay. I, I uh, sometimes I feel I need a little bit more discipline in my life. So <laughs> you know, but yeah. So um, I the way I found you actually was on uh, on Twitter, and um, it, it's funny. How how did you get into that? Uh, you know, get into Twitter and uh, you, you've kind of, um, you know, developed like your own niche, a little um, way of doing a Twitter. And uh, uh, it, it seems like it's a useful tool for, for what you're doing, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've honestly, I've been really surprised by Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so years ago, um, when I was in Manchester, I started writing kind of like blog articles because I had friends asking me about meditation and philosophy and I was doing so much reading, so much studying, so much practicing myself. I wanted to share things with them. So I started writing blog articles and then um, um, I, I, I've never been a big fan of social media. I, I'm, I'm not really about that. But um, at the end of 2019, I thought to myself, actually, I wanted to start a podcast. Okay. So a lot of these things that I was writing about in blog articles, it's just like, well, I'm just going to record it and, and, and do it like a podcast. Mm-hmm. So actually joining Twitter originally, that was just to support my podcast. You know, I wasn't, it was just, that's just, oh, that's just where I'm going to kind of advertise my podcast. My image of podcast before I thought like, oh, that's just where people follow like, Kim, oh, Kim Kardashian tweeted this or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, but what I what I was amazed to find is it takes some time, but there are these communities within Twitter, you know, people talk about money, Twitter and, and mm-hmm. things like that, you know, and from the outside, there's kind of no way to find this. But eventually, somehow, you know, you, you meet one person who's like, got oh, they've got 20,000 followers or something and then and they they like these kind of big players like retweet each other and they all know each other and then you, you know you get into this kind of like niche and yeah. yeah I've 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 found all these like really motivated disciplined positive people who are all working on themselves who are all developing themselves and and it's it's been amazing and you know over these last couple of years, you know, some of my friends, uh, you know, they're all, they're kind of like, I love them to bits, but they're maybe like not so disciplined. Mm. They're not exercising and they're just like, you know, they're using the, like, why didn't you do anything this year? Oh, coronavirus. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Hey, you know. It, 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 and an it's excuse, like, yeah. exactly, exactly. Mm. It's an excuse. And, and, you know, meanwhile, there, there's these people in this corner of Twitter who are just like working really hard and it's just like, okay, I'm stuck at home, but this, this, this isn't a prison. This is a temple, you right. know? I'm, right. If I'm stuck here, I can I can still study, I can still read, I can still exercise, I can still practice, I can still do so many things all the time. I'm I'm growing, yeah. I'm moving forward, I'm working on my business, I'm I'm meeting people like yourself. It's amazing, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and so I've so I've and and this kind of like Japanese expat society kind of thing as well. So yeah, I have been really grateful for Twitter, and I've been really grateful for the people I've connected with and that kind of um, positive echo chamber. 
Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, people talk about like echo chambers as as a bad thing. Sometimes it's good to have um, like-minded people around to yeah, you know, because you kind of not only bounce good ideas off each other and you could learn from each other, but also it's, you know, it's, it helps, I wouldn't say with necessarily motivation, but it's sort of like the heapy accountability, I guess, you know, like, um, mm -hmm. you know, having like, you know, people say like having an accountability partner, but you have yes. an accountability group, you know, like mm. you have a whole group of people that are just sort of like, Hey, what are you doing today? Or, or Hey, what's up? You know? And, and you could do the same thing to them. And that's, uh, yeah. that's, it's quite, um, helpful if, you know, doing something alone is fine. You know, if you have the discipline, but it's, it's, uh, it's always nice to have other people who are supportive in that too. Yeah. And that you, that you can yeah. support as well. So, um, yeah, I've, I found it, it's always funny how you find people in that sphere, you know, like I forgot how I found a lot, a lot of people, but you're right. It's just, you see someone that you follow retweet something and then you're like oh who's this and you go you know you kind of go down a rabbit hole and you find all yeah, these yeah. all these different people who, all these different ways you know you have some that are more philosophy um oriented and some that are more money oriented some are into ai or you know and then some mm -hmm. of them kind of all connect that in some ways too so it's uh yeah it's, it's a very interesting thing and um when i first joined Twitter. No, sorry. Uh, I mean, I joined Twitter, you know, like back when it started, but I didn't really utilize it until the mm. couple of years, you know, and I started it mostly just to um, promote, you know, the podcast and, and YouTube and stuff. And then, um, but my image of it was just, uh, you know, there's just people arguing on the internet. And then, um, <laughs> and mm. uh, then it became like uh, how I got my news, you know, um, because, mm. um, I, it's not necessarily about like oh, fake news, this, but I, I find I started realizing more. Now, and more mainstream that, media is trash. Oh, right. It is. You know, I <laughs> it's mean, all even, trash. Say it, say it. <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, I always, I was always a bit skeptical of, of media, even growing up, you know, but it wasn't until the, you know, the past few years, I just realized mm -hmm. like all of it, all of it is just garbage, you know, and, um, and, Twitter, yeah, yeah you're going yeah. to find garbage on Twitter, but you can find garbage from everywhere. And if you sift through it a little bit, you can kind of find what's actually going on, you know, and is you could find late breaking news happening on Twitter before it's reported anywhere else. Like, um, uh, actually, this is funny. A couple of years ago here in Utsunomiya, there was a, uh, a guy who um, he uh, he blew himself up in, 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 in one of the local parks, you know, the suicide bomb. Wow. Yeah. Whoa, and whoa. so, but the reason how I found out about it was on Twitter, you know, cause, mm. uh, localized whatever. And, and I saw like this picture, it said smoke. And then it said like, Utsunomi. I go, what? And so I look out my window and I see the smoke plumes like, oh. holy shit, what is this? And the more I read into it, they said, uh, it was a suicide bomb. They're not sure how many people were injured. And I'm like, wow, is this like terrorism or something that's reached mm. like Japan and uh, <laughs> yeah. which is, you know, Japan's not been free of terrorism, but it's been like usually domestic terrorism in, you know, 40, mm. 50 years ago, you know, but mm -hmm. um, uh, it was just shocking to see something like that. And as the news started flowing out, it was uh, an ex um, uh, a self-defense force guy 
uh, he recently retired, um, or he'd been retired, and apparently his his wife left him, and so uh, he was, you know, in his sixties, he was alone and he was bitter, and uh, so what he did, he wa- he he burned down his house. He lived quite quite far away. He burned down the house or set it on fire at least, and then drove up to Tsunomiya parked his car, walked to the main temple, or the main shrine in Utsunomiya, the central shrine, did whatever he was doing there, and then he walked the main path, which leads all the way to the castle park, the castle ruins park we have here, and he blew himself up. And um, he, mm-hmm. no one else died, but he injured two two people, I think a, a, a junior high-aged girl and uh, someone else. Um, but it was just, it was just shocking to see something like. But no one, I mean, that that was first. I first spotted that on Twitter, you know. So that that's that's how quickly the news, you know, uh, travels around. So um, to make a long story short, that's how I was getting news, and then it just became more and more. That became more toxic. Uh, so I had to eventually start muting and and blocking certain certain things and just focus on what was uh important that i that what benefit i could get from twitter you know instead of uh letting the negativity get to me as well so yeah it's really it's how you curate it Mm -hmm. as well you know like when people say you know you see people on facebook say like oh i'm tired of all this drama blah 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 it's like (laughs) that's you (laughs) you know you're you're searching that out so um yeah it's it's um you know if you if you you know it's it's we all know about how the algorithms work that mm-hmm. you know they it, it shows you stuff that in you know people click more on things that that outrage them and make them angry and that's that's how that's how mainstream media works it's it's basically just this like high budget clickbait bullshit you know it's like what 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 gets people watching the news fear and anger fear and anger so they're going to give us stuff that makes us scared and they're going to give us stuff that makes us angry yeah you know um so yeah with twitter yeah sometimes you know you can start to get sucked into this kind of like uh, especially now with like politics and mm. and, and anyways. so I, i've got on my uh my muted words i've got um covid coronavirus mask uh, as well as trump biden yeah so um so i've got all that muted because it's just like it 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 just it just you know it makes me angry and it makes me frustrated and it's just you know i i i'm not contributing to that in any productive way and that is not affecting me in any productive way right just any involvement with that is just not productive so i'm just like look i'm just no don't need it cutting it off okay Mm -hmm. i'm gonna focus on myself my training my wife my business my family my friends those are the things i'll focus on and and yeah and and with twitter yeah there are a lot of people who are you know um we talked about echo chambers like um you know people people so like a a kind of a um a buzzword that's kind of popular right now is uh, tribalism yeah yeah everybody's always talking about tribalism but like the fact is, we're all tribal. Of course we are. Everybody mm-hmm. is. That's right. part of human nature. We're social animals. Of course we are. Um, so the the key the key is is to have a positive tribe. 
you know you can be tribal but still be inclusive and compassionate and open you know being being tribal doesn't mean oh you're so closed off that's just nonsense so um so yeah having that positive tribe has you know surrounding yourself with motivated people um you know because individually our motivation fluctuates you know we have good days and we have bad days you know mm. um so having those people who are positive who are motivated who are high energy you know that i've got guys like uh danny miranda who is just mm. seemingly has limitless supplies of positivity right you know <laughs> you yeah. have these you have people soul bra like who's just so high energy all the time so when i can go onto twitter and i can see that it helps bring me back up when when maybe i'm feeling a little bit down right right yeah um same uh you know sometimes i you know feel like um you know I'll, I'll be in a good groove you know going you know following my my gym schedule and doing all these things and then you know um for example like over the uh over the new year's holiday i i was sick and um with some uh, food poisoning and uh even then i was you know still going to the gym i just uh tough through it you know um because mm. uh, you know it wasn't anything dealing with um you know, uh, it wasn't coronavirus, so I was still able to, mm -hmm. to go out. And, um, but, you know, even as sometimes debilitating as that was, I was like, no, I got, I still got to do it, you know, it doesn't matter. And, but then, um, in terms of my diet, getting that back to, um, you know, eventually I had to go to the doctor for it. And, uh, the doctor was like, eat this, and you'll you'll get better and it's like everything opposite of what i normally eat you know it's a uh, it's mm. just very bland carb heavy stuff and mm. uh, i was like if you know i, I as like it, it, it got me thinking like okay it didn't take it took me uh years to to get to a you know not unhealthy state but where i was before so just a couple of days of going back to that is not going to make me unhealthy again. You know, it's not going to set me off my path too much. And, uh, cause what I was eating was not helping my, my stomach situation. It was, it was making it, it was prolonging it apparently. And, um, right. sure enough, you know, just a few days of, of eating just bland udon noodles and, uh, uh, miso soup was fine, but, uh, but just like mm. udon noodles and, um, and, you know, just things like that. I was like, if one, it's, it's, it's boring when you can't put anything else with it, you know, and two, it's just, uh, this is just not what I'm, I'm used to eating. And, mm -hmm. but, uh, it helped, it helped the situation, but, um, then it's like, you know, go back, go back to what you were doing and, you know, ease back into it and, uh, and it works. So, um, that discipline, it, it really helps, uh, even if you are forced to kind of go off the path a little bit it kind of i mean you can easily start going down a different path if you don't mm. catch it but if you have that discipline like nope you pull it back in and get you back on the right path you know so yeah 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 and it helps having those people to kind of support you with that yeah right right go ahead you reminded me you reminded me actually um 
one of the toughest things about moving to Japan, which I didn't really expect, was um, so. Um, do you know anything about the endocrine system? A, a little bit. Uh, it's not. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm. I'm an expert at it or anything. But, right. Uh, I, I am. Familiar, I am <laughs> yeah. I am. I'm familiar with the term. So yeah. Yeah. So so we all have our hormonal systems inside us, and the endocrine system is. Um, it's kind of one of the slowest moving um, hormonal systems. So we have the food that we eat. Now this is this is often why crash diets don't really work and they're not they're certainly not sustainable. Is that uh, it sounds like I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, but it's relevant. Um, so the food that we eat, um, we counter it with hormones, right? Mm. So, you know, generally speaking, if, you know, I, oh, I have, you know, the, the kind of usual food that I eat, it has a certain amount of like fats and oils and sugars and all of these things. And my body meets that with my hormones. Now, if we go on a crash diet and, and overnight, we just completely change our diet, the levels of, of what we eat, they change, right? But our hormonal response that doesn't immediately change. That takes a long time to then match that, right? Mm. Which is why some people who've got terrible, terrible diets, it can take months for, to, to change their diet because you, you don't want to, because if you change it, that, that they'll feel like shit. Right. You know, that's why right. some people, even even some people, even if they start eating really, really healthily, they feel like shit. And it's like, why do I feel so bad when I'm eating so healthily? Mm. It's because mm. of that hormonal imbalance. So when I came to Japan, you know, at first, you know, it's kind of like a holiday and you're like, oh, I'm eating all this great food. Yeah, this is great. But yeah. then eventually I started having these kind of cravings and like and it, it, it's like I, I wasn't hungry, but I felt like I wanted to eat. And, and I realized it's because I wasn't having what I was used to having back in England. You know, the food here is great. I love it, but it's just not what my body's used to. Right. You know, so there was that period, like after the, the honeymoon phase, you know, when you're living here, my body is like craving, like, man, I want like a good curry or like mm. a lasagna or something, you right. know um and and yeah but then eventually my body matches and you know now i feel you know just totally normal but that takes time you know that does take time mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and i think it's you know why a lot of people give up on especially on the diet end of, of things yeah. is they think it's gonna happen overnight and well nothing nothing with your body happens overnight unless it's you know like a physical accident or something you know um but any, you might any... have the best intentions you might yeah. have the best intentions but your body doesn't care about that you right. know right. takes time yeah yeah for sure for sure and well, i mean it's it's funny the first time i kind of noticed something like that was uh, after i moved to japan i noticed um i i wouldn't say i had heartburn a lot in america but i had you know every once in a while i'd get case of you know heartburn and and whatnot but after moving to japan i it, it just disappeared and i don't know mm -hmm. if it was and and i wouldn't say my diet was especially when i moved here was not the healthiest i still kind of continued to eat the things i normally did but maybe it's just what they're what 
is what what the food's packaged in or, or what it or what um, additives or whatever were in the food are not the same as back in in America so maybe that it wasn't giving me my, my, my body wasn't responding in the same same way um, now it, it plus you know I mean you're in a different part of the world you're a lot of people don't realize their uh, gut bacteria also affects a lot yeah. of things so when you're drinking water from a different part of the world when you're eating food from a different part of the world it changes your gut microbiome a lot and i mean you could be become a different person because it also affects your mental state as well you know and, and yeah i've heard some insane stuff about how your gut biome affects like your yeah it affects your serotonin levels your dopamine mm -hmm. levels like it, 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 it unbelievable effect on on who you are Right. Yeah. So uh, with anything, yeah, you just that's why discipline and I'm sure you know that discipline's very important in that is because um, your body will not change overnight. But if you stay the course, then, you know, it's it's uh, it's easier. Uh, it gets easier as, it, as you go along. You know, you can't let the immediate effects, you know, affect you and, and get you back off the path that you want to. That you want to head into you know mm -hmm. yeah and and some somebody said i think it's a really good point is about like um people say about like you know like oh i'm on this diet how long do i have to be on this diet for or how long do i have to do this exercise for and it's like uh, well it doesn't really matter because mm. you know you want to be doing this you know forever you know? because yeah. what you know if you want short-term effort you're going to get short-term results you know and i know you can't say that to people because then you know when you say forever to people it scares people away mm -hmm. you know um but but you know what we want is we want we are trying to elicit long-term behavioral changes yeah. you know that's that, that should really be the end goal um so yeah it's tough and it's difficult but um yeah yeah it is difficult yeah yeah um but uh you know any any positive change that that you make you know you gotta you gotta be dedicated to doing it you know um like just getting into um, physical fitness you know i'm i was never good really good at playing any sports when i was growing up um i i tried and i just didn't have the talent for it but and aside to that, when I, I was playing um, in school, I played American football. And in the off season, uh, we would just wait, wait train. And I said, mm. well, I actually enjoy this. I enjoy lifting weights. I enjoy weight training. I don't really enjoy playing the sport, but I enjoy, I enjoy the, uh, the training aspect of it. And uh, so I continued that, you know, long after I, you know, quit the sport and, um, you know, moving to Japan, I didn't want to pay the god awful prices of the 24 hour gyms here, you know, like before, mm. you know, originally it was just like Gold's Gym or something. And they were, you know, about a hundred dollars so a month, expensive. you know, it's it so expensive. Yeah. And even now, you know, they have anytime fitness or whatever, and they're, uh, which are great, you know, because you can go anytime uh, in the name, anytime fitness. But mm -hmm. uh, even then, it's it's cheaper, but it's still quite expensive compared to the at least uh, I'm, I'm not sure how gym prices are in in the uk but america it's mm. you know like 20 30 dollars a month maybe you know it's mm. uh, it's, it's it's quite 
um, at least uh, last time I, I was there, it was it was it was that cheap um, for a gym membership. But um, for me, it was difficult to I, I find I, I tried to find anything I could to to keep doing that, and so I, I just went to like local occult we call them rocky gyms you know it's like it looks like something rocky would train at you know these old they're the best ones <laughs> yeah actually they are there, you know um you got to make do with what equipment that's in there you know yes, and th yeah. those are fun but uh you know and, and then i found one that was just close to where i could go and you know that accommodated my working hours and everything so um i try i have some things at home as you know like some kettlebells and and whatnot but mm -hmm. I always found a change of environment helped me better. You know, my home was more of a, in my mind, I, my, my mind was trained. It was more of a relaxing place. So I would never, mm. I, I could do workouts here, but it was always either half, half done, you know, n not the full effort or it was prolonged because I would take rest periods, you know? So uh, when I changed my physical environment, it, it helps me focus better that, that i mean for me so sometimes yeah, people people will need that as well so yeah 100 yeah. percent. you know um I, i'm the same you know um i i've got a set of uh, dumbbells here at home but um you know it, it's honestly it's it's difficult to do a really good workout here at home um you know when i go to the gym i nail it every time right. every time i, I mm -hmm. smash the hell out of it when i'm at the gym but here it's just so difficult to get started, you know, because your, your brain is, you know, this is where I relax. This mm -hmm. is where I'm, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah, your your interior reflects your exterior. Recently, I've been going to uh, Comeda Cafe. Yep. Um, I've been going there to do writing on for my podcast and my book and things like that because, you know, just putting myself in that environment, I can just like, okay, this is my office, right. you know. Mm. now it's time to work so yeah that that's you know that that's there's a lot of value to that a lot of value to that you know some people i mean jesus christ at the gym there's some people who go to the gym who only use the treadmill right. that's it it's like yeah. you're paying all this gym membership just to use a treadmill like okay take one in out, your neighborhood yeah, yeah. go outside yeah. <laughs> what did you did you run out of road mm. you know so like but um i guess for them you know they need it to to be okay now i'm at the gym now this is my routine i'm at the right. gym i'm working you know yeah. so yeah it, it is different and um you know uh, and again we were talking about echo chambers we were talking about tribalism this is one of the benefits of, of going to classes mm -hmm. you know um I always try to be an independent, uh, self-reliant person, but really, um, I don't think of, I, I don't go to like classes in the usual commercial gym kind of sense of the thing. Right. But really when I think about it, well, this all started back in karate and Muay Thai. Mm. Those are group classes that I would go to. So I had that community. You know, I would go to the to the to the gym and, and people know your name, people know you know, expect you, people say hi to you and and you know that's that's powerful. That's really, really powerful. So right. yeah, again, you said about accountability, you mm -hmm. know, it's is really valuable. Yeah. That's that's something that I say to a lot of people is, you know, if I'm if I'm Bob and I'm like, oh man, I I need to lose weight 
at the start of that journey, it's just me. It's all about me. I need to lose weight. This is my problem, no one else. And you just think about yourself and it's like, okay, but there are so many communities that can help you with that, that you are completely unaware of. You go join a gym and you go for long enough, people will know your name. People will expect you to be there. You right. go online on like, I don't know, like weight loss Twitter or something and you get to know people and maybe you upload your progress. Again, people will connect with that. So, so yeah, I know, you know, it, we all kind of feel alone sometimes, but you know, you need to connect with those people around you who are who have the same mindset who are moving in that positive direction right right yeah it's 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 uh, it's always you know very beneficial to find um that invite you know you like you said similar to twitter curating you can create curate your twitter you can curate your own environment in your life as well yeah. so yeah that's that's good that's good um so uh you said you have not only the um the Twitter, but you host your own uh, podcast. So, and uh, you mentioned that you integrate your um, your your studies and your meditation uh, into that. So, when when did you uh, one more time? When did you start the podcast, and uh, how how is it uh, progressing for you at this point? So, I started my podcast this time last year, okay. um, twenty twenty, start of twenty twenty, and. Um, so as a personal trainer, you know, things like martial arts, uh, powerlifting, I kind of need to be with you. We need right. to do that together, you mm -hmm. know. Um, but uh, meditation and uh, sharing a lot of the things I've learned about philosophy and mindfulness, um, you know, I just need to talk to you. You know, um, so so I can share a lot of that and 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 philosophy, you know, related with martial arts and, and combat and things like that, um, because this is all tied together. My weightlifting, my exercise, my meditation it's all my working in security, military. It's all connected. Yeah. So a lot of that I can share. Um, so so, yeah, that, that's the really good thing about my podcast is, you know, I, I can just speak and I can just share that. And um, yeah, it's been going really well. Um, I, I've uh, some of the messages I've received on on Twitter have been fantastic. You know, people telling me how much um, you know they've been enjoying my content and how much it's affected them. And that's why I'm doing it. You know, to try and connect and and, and share what I've learned because everything that I've learned has changed my life in ways you would not believe. Honestly, you know, and and if I I know the positive effect that these things can have mm. from my own experience. And I want to share that with other people. Um, and, and I've been so fortunate that, that I've been able to connect with people and share that with them. Unfortunately, I, I've not released a new episode for a while now yeah. because I've been writing my book, um, okay. Which, okay. which has been going very, very well. Um, I'm making some really good progress on that. That's one of my main big goals for this year is to get published. Um, but I've been focusing on that on so much that I've, I've, I've actually dropped off my podcast a little mm. bit. Um, yesterday, I went to Comedone. I was writing a new podcast episode. 
Um, so I, I do, I do want to continue. Yeah, it's a little bit difficult because I'm not making money from it. So it's, it's, you know, just in my free time, but yeah, I, I, I will continue with my podcast, but, but also I'm working on this book, um, okay. which is going to be kind of my big thing for 2021. Yeah. Yes. Well, um, I'm looking forward to that. That, that'll be, a. Uh, I I was, I was going to ask you if you were thinking of writing a book and you've, you've, you've now answered that you are writing a book. So, um, that's something uh, definitely to look forward to this year as well. And uh, don't feel too bad about uh, about the podcast. Sometimes it's, uh, as my listeners can attest, uh, it might might be a couple of months before uh, mine comes. But one of my goals, uh, you know, for this year is to um, consistently um, put out uh, the uh, not only episodes of the podcast, but uh, improve the quality as well um, mm-hmm. in terms of um, audio and, and visual. Uh, so far, I've just been doing it this way: um, headset, mic, web camera. Uh, obviously, right now it's it's difficult to get people in person to talk to, but um, I can make do with what I uh, what I can do, and um, just always aim to improve on that. So um, that's uh, uh, that will. Hold, I will hold myself accountable for that to uh, to keep uh, doing that, and uh, I've I've so far it's it's been going quite well this year. So um, hmm. it's uh, it's 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 nice to find again that echo chamber, you know, just people of um, getting things done, seeing it. It's it's motivating for me to to keep on doing it, you know. So um, hmm. it's, it's it's always good to find uh, others who are f- hyper focused in that way too, you know. So. It's uh, your life's whatever you make it to be, you know, and uh, and, uh, you know, not to go off too too much on a tangent here, but it was there was a point in my life where I used to think things happened to me. Mm. And then that when that switch went off where it's no, I can change things is when my life improved over a thousand percent from that, you know, like mine, not only mindset, but. Um, all areas of my life just seemed to improve after that switch. You know what I mean? And it, yeah. it was, it was, it was a, I can't even really pinpoint the turning point, but there was a time where I was, I just told myself, I can't live like this anymore. And I got to make some changes and I'm the only one that can do it. No one's going to do it for me. And uh, 100%. yeah. And it's, it's been a fun journey. You know, it's, there's obviously been ups and downs in there, but you got to take it on the chin. Was that before you came to Japan? Actually, um, so no, actually it was, it was after I came here. So, Mm. um, I, I didn't come to Japan to escape anything. Um, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to come here and I, I originally wanted to just, you know, stay for the year, year and a half that I was contracted for, but, and, and I left, I, I went back to the States after a year and then, you know, something was nagging at me like, nah, I'm not done with Japan. So I went, I went back and, you know, it was, I went through like a, I guess a second honeymoon phase where I'm like, yeah, I'm back in Japan. It's, it's great just to be back. But I was, I ended up just kind of spinning my wheels a little bit. And I noticed I was just repeating patterns that I did back in America. And I was like, what am I doing? You know? And Mm -hmm. uh, I had to, you know, and in terms of like friendships and and relationships and things, I, I was, seeing the same patterns that I saw growing up. And, uh, and I thought, you know, not everything is my fault, but I can also, I am responsible for my life. So 
if yeah. I want something to change, I got to make that change. Yes. No one's going to do it for me. And, you know, and, and I used to, you know, think, oh, why does this happen to me? Or, you know, what? And then instead of asking, why does this happen to me? I, I started saying, what can I do to change the situation? And, uh, and then stop worrying. This actually came later, but stop worrying about things that I can't control too. You know, like yeah. that's, that's yeah. been a big help too, is like, you know, yeah, it sucks if, if, uh, you know, two, three feet of snow fall and you got to dig your car out, but, uh, that's what you can do. You can dig it out, you know? I mean, yeah. uh, but, um, or if it rains and you don't have an umbrella, well, you know, in Japan, I, I kind of hate the phrase because of the way it's used, but the shogunai thing is <laughs> sometimes there are situations where you just say, well, you can't, it yeah. can't be helped. You just got to deal with it, you know, mm -hmm. but um, it is thrown around a bit too much here, I think. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, sometimes people, I, I, I've said that to my wife when people mm -hmm. say like, shogunai, it's like, no, 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 no. It can be helped. <laughs> Don't mm -hmm. say shogunai. It can be helped. You right. can help it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah, but I, it was, you know, a lot of people say wherever you go, there you are, you know, like you bring your, just changing locations, not going to change you, mm -hmm. but, and that's true. However, I used the change of environment. And even though I knew, I knew a few people here, um, but when I started making the changes, you know, I, there were. I was still very much removed from what I was used to. And I used that as an opportunity to yes. dig into myself and to do a lot of self work in terms a of catalyst for change. Right. Right. So, you know, yeah, the environment's not going to change you, but you can use that to focus on yourself. Sort of like, you know, the Corona uh, stuff last year and continuing this year, a lot of people just, um, you know, nothing wrong with Netflix or, or, or having a lazy day here or there, but if that's mm. how you treat the whole of quarantine, you know, mm. like, what are you doing? You know, um, yeah. but some people, like we discussed earlier, took that as an opportunity to say, no, I'm going to use this for self-reflection, self self-improvement. I'm not going to let this get me down. I'm going to actually use it to my advantage. And that's kind of what I did moving, moving here. Uh, it wasn't the reason why I moved here, but it was a result of me um, moving here was uh, I, I started to um, make those changes and uh, it's, it's, it, it was very helpful. So I, I always, I, I always say, you know, the, one of the biggest things I'm proud of is moving here and it's not nothing special anymore these days. Oh, you know, you live in a different country, mm -hmm. you live in Japan. It's, it's not really special, but for me, it was, the decision of removing myself from my old environment and changing, making the changes to myself. It didn't have to be Japan. It could be anywhere really, but mm. Japan just happened to be the place where I was able to, to do that, to shift that, you know? So I, uh, I have a special, special affinity for, for that, for, for Japan, for that too, you know? So yeah, different, yeah. obviously different reasons why I still love living here, but um, you know, Japan, in a sense, I did the changes, but it, but Japan, I feel kind of helped me with that too, you know? Yeah, we, we are, we have the internal self and mm -hmm. our external environment. And if your 
internal self, if you are not willing to change, um, then you will project your your problems, your your difficulties, whatever they are, wherever you go in the world, you will project that mm -hmm. and and you will encounter the same problems and the same difficulties. But if you are willing to change, then changing your environment can help. If you if you have problems inside and your environment reflects that, if you are trying to change yourself inside, it's almost like you're battling your environment. Mm -hmm. But if you can change your environment and you are willing to change yourself as well, then that's perfect. You can use, use that external change to help motivate like a fulcrum for, for your own internal change as well so, right. so yeah that that's 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 really beneficial that's really really um uh important and so many things that, that you said that are just absolutely bang on like um you know that that's that's classic stoic philosophy of of if i can change it then i will and i will engage with that you know with with everything we have the we can either choose to we can choose to change it we can choose to remove ourselves from it or we can choose to accept it hmm. you know and people cho often choose a secret option number four which is i'm not going to change it i'm not going to review remove myself from it and i'm not going to accept it i'll just be angry you know right <laughs> so so yeah if you so the 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 question the question that i always ask everyone is what are you going to do about it? Mm. Yeah, because that's mm. that's the only question. What are you going to do about it? Okay, because if you can do something about it, then do that thing. Okay, but if you can't do something about it, then just getting angry or upset or frustrated with it, that's just damaging you, you know, like, yeah. like, okay, so, so American politics, Trump and Biden, okay, what am I going to do about it? Well, I'm not American. I can't vote. I'm not living in America. That, I cannot do anything about that. That is an event. That's just like the weather. Maybe it's sunny. Maybe it's raining. Maybe it's Trump. Maybe it's Biden. Right. I have no influence on that whatsoever. Okay. Yeah. So whatever the situation is, for better or worse, I need to accept that. Okay. Coronavirus, the lockdown, we've not really had a lockdown here in Japan, but the, but the restrictions, okay, what am I going to do about that? It's like, okay, maybe, maybe I, I can't travel to England, okay? I'm stuck at home, okay, what am I going to do about that? Okay, well, I can study, I can exercise, I can work on my business, I can do these things. Right. So that's the only question you ever need to ask anyone. What are you going to do about it? Are you just going to complain and feel sorry for yourself? That's not an option. It's not an option. You you have to take control of your life. Again, something else you said, no one else is going to come and save you. Yeah. That is this infantile mindset of like, when you are a child, you always think, well, no matter what happens, my parents will take care of it. Exactly. Well, at some point, you know, you need to take control of your own life. No mm -hmm. one else is going to, no one else is going to give you a job. No one else is going to give you money just, yeah. just because you're so special. No, you're not. You need to take control of your own life.
And like you said, when when people have that that shift in mindset, your whole life will change. You know, um, there's there's so many people entitled. Entitled is like the the big word I really hate. Mm-hmm. So many people have this. I think I think in the West especially, and social media is a big part of this. People feel that they deserve so much. You know, it's like um, it's like you know, like. I don't want to get too controversial, but like mm. black lives matter. It's right. like, you know what? No lives matter. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you are just a creature living in this world. You can get struck by lightning. Mm. Nature, you know, the world will keep spinning. Yeah. You know, nature doesn't care we, about you. Yeah. <laughs> does not yeah. care at all. You know, some yeah. people say black lives matter. Other people say all lives matter. No, no, no oh. lives matter. <laughs> you, yeah. know? you could die today and no, you know, the world will continue. Yeah. You know, yeah. so mm-hmm. you need to get over yourself and, you know, no one is coming to save you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This life it is what it is okay mm-hmm. you've been dealt these cards and you know what gratitude gratitude i'm always saying to everyone like are you kidding me like i have got a roof over my head mm-hmm. i've got fresh clean water coming out of the tap do you know how many people in the world don't have clean water yeah. just coming out of a tap well, even, inside their house well even in yeah. parts of the united states in the uh detroit or not detroit um flint michigan you turn on the tap fracking i don't know if i don't know if that's from fracking or not uh fracking where in in my state of texas uh, there's a lot of fracking but uh actually funny story in my hometown recently because of that but uh but no in uh i think in flint it's uh it's they can't drink the tap water because it it is poison i think it's i'm not sure what's in it um lead or something but it's uh you, you literally cannot drink the tap water in that whole city and it's been going on for years and the the governments there are corrupt and it's just like man and, and i tell people why don't you just or well i, I don't say it, but uh, you know people wonder why don't they just leave and some of these people they're so poor they they can't they have nowhere else to go you know and uh, yeah. so they they can leave yes but you can't just have an exodus of an entire city it's not that right, easy right right yeah. so so i mean for them that's something you know they can't control the water they can control where they live but sometimes they need the means to get that so you know whatever they they can work on to get there but no you're right like you know we're we are lucky we are to to live in places that have fresh clean water and you know um, in japan it's relatively safe here it's relatively um um you know people for the most part, buying their own business here too. You know, they're not going to get in your face about anything here, and uh, I think that's a, a lot of appeal for a lot of um, Westerners, especially. Is oh, this is refreshing. No one's in my face about this this political thing or this religious thing or this. Yeah. You know, and they're just like, oh, I can I can just relax and breathe. You know, um, mm. but um, yeah, the gratitude thing is is good. You know. Um, Again, you know, I, I wake up and I sometimes I think, ah, oh, I, I don't want to do this today, but I'm thinking, well, if I don't, you know, none of this is possible. So uh, yeah. just just do it, you know. So mm. um, it's uh, something I think a lot of people would be would benefit from is to to remember 
that and remember right. not only they're, they're luck they're lucky but also at the same time that could go away at any at any time too mm. you, you know mm. it's uh mm -hmm. like you said you know no lives matter in in terms of nature because it could all be gone in a second yeah. you know so and that that's another big part of both stoicism uh, memento mori uh mm -hmm. remember that you will die and also zen as well again um which is why it appealed to the samurai so much because they were warriors dealing with death mm -hmm. and the 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 stark finality of zen is um is is yeah it's it's powerful that you know eventually we are all of us going to die you know yeah. and and it's it's just it really is perspective all reality is perspective but it's it's remarkable and honestly a little bit depressing how quick people forget i yeah. mean world war ii is within living memory yeah. there were people who lived through that who are still alive today yeah. you know world war one uh, maybe few, not so much yeah, now yeah. yeah a few but um but two of the most unimaginable wars humanity has ever known within living memory mm. and people were talking like oh the coronavirus people say it about the coronavirus like this is the most challenging thing humanity has ever faced so, are you serious you're, like uh, have oh you noticed God. the plague in the middle ages you know the, the <laughs> yeah, have you read a book right. you know like it's unbelievable yeah. so yeah having that perspective mm. and and being grateful like you know before we were born there was an infinite void of of nothing mm. it was not even nothing it was void for yeah. all time and space there was yeah there, 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 i okay. mean there was no start there was no end it was just yeah yeah, yeah no time no space oh. nothing okay and after we die we will return to that void right okay mm. but right now right now there is this infinitesimally small moment in time when we are alive and i get to see these unbelievable colors and sound and sights and right. beauty and mm -hmm. culture and people mm -hmm. and agreements and disagreements and it's all so amazing and so incredible what foolishness to squander that Right. complaining about this, this irrelevant nonsense yeah. that people spend their whole lives focusing on. It's just, it's an affront mm. to the beauty of life. So yeah, people really should practice a lot more gratitude and a lot mm. more appreciation, a lot more perspective to really appreciate the beauty of this reality in which we live. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, man. That's, that's, um, that's uh, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, Lewis, uh, I'd like to say thank you again for being on today. Um, where can we find you online? Where are the best places to find you? So um, my Twitter account is at way Budo. Um, that's the best place to find me. You can find me there. And also I'm having to look this up because I don't know it off the top of my head, <laughs> but my, yes, at way Budo is my, um, my, my Twitter account. Okay. Uh, I'm also, you can get my tw uh, podcast on anchor, anchor. FM, anchor.fm forward slash Budo the Marshall way. 
Okay. Okay. But that is linked to on on my Twitter account, and and my my podcast is available. It's available on um, uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So if you just search for the Marshall Way, Budo the Marshall Way, you'll be able to find that, and you'll be able to find me. Okay. Great, Lewis. Thank you again, and uh, I I really enjoyed talking with you, and I'd like to do it again sometime. Yeah, I've, yeah, thank you very much for getting in touch with me. I really appreciate it. I want to start having people on my podcast as well this year. So um, so I'd love to have you on it and continue chatting. Sure. And uh, and and just, just to keep in touch on Twitter as well, because, you know, it's nice. To, uh, again, you know, we were talking about echo chambers, about tribalism, mm. you know. Um, you are a foreigner living in Japan, you know, um, you know it's not like england has so mm. so many england canada america so many immigrants you know in japan it's not not that many people right so it's always really really nice to connect with somebody else who who you know you understand yeah you know, yeah it's like 100 all right lewis thank you yeah. right have, thank you very have a good much one. yes